0: My name is Jordana. You're listening to Social Media, Where's the Line? In my podcast, Drink It In. In this series, we break down the concept of social media, understand all of its benefits and setbacks, and how far we can go with ourselves and our families. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everybody. Uh, this is Jordana Barakov and I have Ruchi Kovel with me today. So exciting. Um, Ruchi, I would love for people uh, to just hear a little bit about you. Maybe you could introduce yourself, where you're from, what you do, and then we could sure. it some questions. Go ahead.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, my name is Ruchi Kovel. I was raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and that's where I live today. Um, I am a mother of seven kids, Bar Hashem, ranging from 26 to 10, and my husband and I run a, an organization in Cleveland, a congregation, it's called um, JFX, Jewish Family Experience, and I'm a teacher, I'm a writer, um, I'm a podcaster, <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an educator in, in whatever form, so speaking, writing, videos, etc., and
0: yeah well first of all it's so it's so funny you say you have seven i have six and oh, okay also my my range is from 26 to 11 so we oh, we, we we're twins. yes right we're twins but you're in the freezer zone like cleveland i mean new jersey's cold enough for me i'm like freaking out here but oh, wow. <laughs> no. yeah
1: people do not move here for the weather i can tell no. you that they move here for community
0: Yes. I have a son that learns in Cleveland and he oh, nice. he loves it. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. Really. He's in his fourth That's year great. there and he just loves it. It's a very special community. I can understand why you stayed hundred percent. Yeah. And I want I would love to know, how did you get started in all this? I know you just, when you ended off and you just said, I'm this educator, I get that. Right. It's in like in your bones, it's in your soul. So where did like, which part of the education started first? Okay, so it's
1: interesting you should ask that question, because when I was growing up, so I, I loved school. I was one of those nerds who loved school, and um, my friends used to sometimes ask me to help them study, and I would explain stuff, and everyone was like, you should be a teacher. And I was like, I'm not going to be a teacher, because, you know, when you're a kid, you know everything. Right. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be a psychologist. I want to be a music therapist. I had all these, like, you know, things I wanted to do. Um And it really kind of all happened by accident. When, when, when my husband and I first lived in Israel, I was working in publishing. I actually worked for Feldheim Publishers and I was doing proofreading for them and and a little bit of editing. And that was really, really fun. And I thought I would go into the publishing field. Meanwhile, my husband, long story, ended up becoming a rabbi, which was also not in our flight plan. (laughs) There was a (laughs) little plot twist. Um, (laughs) That's also a great story, but well, I'll just tell it to you very briefly. So, he was okay. on a bus in Israel, and there was this older gentleman who was telling him this story about how just as we have a responsibility to give 10% of our income to Tzedakah, we also have a responsibility to give 10% of our time to the community. And he really pressed my husband. He was like, What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so, my husband decided to volunteer for Asia Torah, which is an institution for young men who are new to Torah study. And Eventually, he decided to become a rabbi. Now, I never signed up to be the wife of a rabbi. Okay, this was like, uh, this was like Hashem sort of pushing me along this path. Um, but originally, I kind of resisted being the like wife of rabbi. I, I was just like, well, okay, honey, you do your thing, and I'll do my thing. Right. Um, And then actually it was an ajop convention i don't know how many people know what ajop is it's association of jewish outreach professionals and they used to have these conventions every year and my husband and i went to this convention i was actually in the genesis of starting a magazine with a friend of mine
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we went to this convention i just went along to keep him company like i was being a supportive wife type of thing you know and i got really inspired at that convention and when we came back i said to my husband you know what? Why should I put my time and energy and talent into a magazine when I can put it into the Jewish people? Oh. So I said, I want you to hire me, put me on the payroll, I'm in. And we we started our organization.
0: Wow. Wow. That's so that's so funny. You know, when you said that, you know, when you start off with the educator and you told us this little mini journey, it's so funny. If I would be asked, what did I start off as? I would say an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and, and and through social media, what's even funny, it's coming full circle for me uh, with the posting, because I post these videos called drinking. I know, and... and I've seen your videos, <gasps> and you are very entertaining,
1: by the now, way. <laughs> thank, you.
0: thank you, so it's even funny You said I now, like with Instagram, they have their reels, and everyone's getting into right. the reels, and, and I also try, and I do writing, and if you would have asked me, um, let's say 35 years ago, would I write anything? I'd be like, are you out of your mind? I like, we've got a C's in English, you know, like, I mean, I just, I was not not a writer. I have a very creative mind. But what was funny is that my old neighbor, I grew up in Flatbush, my old neighbor just last week found me on Instagram. She was older than I am. I think she was about seven years older than I am. And she right away messages me and she's like, Jordana, When I saw you on Instagram and I saw your videos and I saw the reels, she says all I could think about is Friday night when you would come into our house when you were five years old and entertain <laughs> us every Friday night. She says, that's, how I used to put on shows for them. So you would make believe you're the teacher. I was the entertainer. I'd put on shows Friday night. I mean, that's you- made so it. funny. I, yes, yes. And I mean, when it came to like parties in school, I was always in charge of the parties, you know, entertain everyone at the at, at yeah. MC. Uh, that's Give people a Torah, you know. So it's so funny, like you had that route and I had this route. and now I just, I channeled it through Torah. I just took yeah. this gift of entertaining and just put it into Torah. So it's funny. Well, so actually it's funny that you
1: say that because I, one of the things that I wanted to do when I grew up, even though I knew this was never really a career path for a nice Jewish girl, but one of the things I love to do is to, is to be an actress. And I was always, oh. I directed a few plays. I worked in camp as a, as a drama director. So I love a stage, I love a microphone, I love an audience, and I do feel that through my public speaking, I really get to scratch that itch, right. you know, and <laughs> people say to me, like, oh my gosh, don't you get nervous when you speak in front of the crowd?" I'm like, I love it! The bigger the crowd, the bigger my adrenaline, like, it right? literally makes my blood rush, and so it's so funny that you say that, because I do think that, you know, today, education- wrongly or rightly it has to be entertaining it has to be fun to listen to yes so I do feel like that's
0: a part of the skill set oh my gosh I mean so you've been teaching uh long as I have been I'm in my 26th year and in a formal school setting as well and oh wow it is so different you're a classroom teacher yes (laughs) your students are so lucky I am I'm a serious. teacher. Yes. I'm on my 26th year. I teach middle school. And um that's amazing. It is just a transition. But I'll tell you, and I have this whole thing in my head. I remember when I got my master's and the teachers used to tell us, oh, um, you know, think about it like TV. And the kids, you need to entertain them for a certain amount of time, and then there's commercials. So that works <laughs> for a little bit. And now what happened? Then there was cable TV no commercials. yeah now Now there's netflix no commercials right no commercials there's like internet it's like and everything is in small little bits so you're like get it in in two minutes you know (laughs) because no one could sit for more than that you know like so you've got to be on like all the time all the time well i even see that organizationally from like
1: our fundraising videos like Mm -hmm. 10 years ago our videos were five minutes long now Mm -hmm. they're two minutes Right. And right. even then, you know, you have to tell people, watch till the end. <laughs> <laughs> because you,
0: you don't want to miss Right. Exactly. Forget it. After the first
1: 30 seconds, you've either, you know, hooked them or lost them.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. Oh, that's so funny. And it's also interesting when you mentioned the, the fact about with your husband, that, that he met that person that told yeah. him about giving 10% of your time. So I'm, I'm a strong believer that as an educator or this entertainer that, we also have to give 10% of our time. So I used to like tutor for free. I would say, okay, that's me giving me like my master, my 10% or yeah. I, have a, I have a friend who, who approached me. She's a female singer. And she said, I'm Jordan, I have a problem. Every, all the Jewish communities, they want a free gig out of me. They want a free gig. <laughs> like, I, I mean, she goes, this is my livelihood. How am I supposed to do yeah. this? So I remember I told her, I told her to sit down and I said, think about it. How much do you want to make? You know, for the year from running your concerts and giving your concerts, then take ten percent of that, and then say to yourself, ten percent of what I want to make of those concerts I envision doing, I'm gonna do for the free. I'll do the I free. Love that. So, so there's so your. So basically, t- like give the tzedakah first. Right. Exactly, and have that in your mind. Beautiful. And it won't you won't feel as bad about it. You know, like yeah. like as if they're taking advantage, but they're not taking advantage because you have to give it anyway. So. That's great. Uh, so that, that helped. So that came to mind right away. But I'd, I'd love to shift a little bit because you had mentioned how you have family and, uh, you know, you spoke about the beginning journeys between you and your husband. Now kids get involved yeah and 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 here's as you the educator me as the entertainer I, oh my gosh if i tell you my kids sometimes freak out you have another thing oh now it's always you have another zoom you have another thing you know? i know forget about forget about tests report cards whatnot i have but the balancing act like yeah you know with you have seven canina hara how, how do you start learning how to balance the children and putting yourself out there Oh, it's a very big and important question. And it's a question
1: whose answer has changed over time, depending Mm -hmm. on not just the age of my kids, because I think sometimes people erroneously believe that the older the kids get, the less they need you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not actually (laughs) true. In fact, there was a very long article written by, I think her first name was Marianne Slaughter for the Atlantic magazine. Um, about how she had this very high-powered job, I think, in Washington, D.C., and it was when her kids were teenagers that she left her job mm-hmm. because she realized, she because most most people feel like, oh, you need to be home for your kids when they're young. You know, and then they get older, and they get more independent, and then you can leave. And how that was actually the opposite of the truth. As her kids became teenagers, she couldn't just, you know, leave them with a nanny or a babysitter. They needed her. And so it's changed over the years, not just with regards to the ages of my kids, but the needs as they as they fluctuate. Right. Um, and 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 honestly, you know, people like you and people like me who have a lot of interests and in a lot of things that we like to do, it ends up just this is a fact you have to say no to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people say, oh, how do you do it all? I don't do it all. I do some yeah. of the things some of the time and I do none of the things some of the time mm-hmm. and I do all of the things some of the time, but none of them well. <laughs> right, so, um, but I have had to say no to a lot of projects that I really like. I mean, I was, um, I'm also a musician. I, oh. I, I play the piano and I was in a women's band for five years here in Cleveland. It was called In Harmony. Oh. And I loved it. It was like a bucket list item for sure. And I had to quit the band because one of my kids really needed more of me than I had time for. And it was sort of like a little bit of a crisis situation where I had to quit all my like anything that was non-essential, I had to quit. Right. And it was really hard to say no to the music. But, uh, you know, family first, family always comes first. And I think it's super critical to keep in mind and, and even almost to write it down what are my priorities in my life and what, what will always take precedence over what? So there's family, there's faith, there's community, there's making a living, there's taking care of me, you know, and, And you have to know that certain things will take priority over other things. And then you'll be super clear on what you need to say no to when. Sometimes I say no to my kids because I need to pay attention to me. And sometimes I say no to me because I need to pay attention to my kids. Sometimes I say no to the community because I need to pay attention to my husband, you know, or -hmm. because I need to make a living. Uh, And so it's just, it's a constant um, process of making those calls over and over again. And I do find the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, you become more instinctive with when to say yes or no. Um, I I have a pretty good gauge now. As soon as I hear, you know, some, oh, would you do this? Would you do that? I almost from the get-go, I have a pretty good gauge of whether I'm going to say yes or no to this. And I have a few, you know, kind of filters of what what is going to make an opportunity something I'm going to say no to what's going to make an opportunity something I'm going to say yes to. But a lot of it will just depend on the particular circumstances of my life at the moment.
0: Mm, you're much better than I am already then. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm still in, in, in the baby steps learning that. But when you had mentioned, you know, that misconception that people have, but that when the kids are little, they need us more. It, yeah. it reminds me of little children, little problems, big children, big problems, you know, like when we go back and think, oh, if I could only just have to change their diapers and burp them and feed them and put them to sleep, I'd be so, it would be so much easier. I'd rather the physical right. uh, strain that I went into raising the kids than the emotional. I mean, that emotional strain is like, it's like heart-wrenching sometimes, you know? It's like, it takes a lot of effort in all areas. It takes, the emotional takes a physical toll also. Um, So now I want to with the children concept I want to shift it in because now we have social media when you first started when I first started there wasn't this social media that there is today. I mean right you no, no not at all. Well, you know you're like you had mentioned you wrote that was a, a something that you were interested in maybe the magazine or writing awesome to have such an accomplishment to have a book I looked at your blog I love the title of your blog could you tell everybody the title of your your website and how you got to that um
1: sure Uh, it's called out out of the ortho box um (laughs) I don't even remember it just like literally came to me in the middle of the night like because I consider myself a little out of the box right um and so I don't know, somehow like Hashem sort of popped this idea in my head to call it out of the ortho box.
0: <laughs> Thank God it came Which to will... be not on Shabbos, because sometimes I get these ideas on Shabbos, <laughs> and I'm a freak. Right. I'm like, and, I, and I'm constantly right. eating it in my brain. So I mo Shabbos, I like take out a pen and paper. I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. No, I knew I wouldn't forget
1: it because it, it. my blog started at a time when there were a lot of these popular sort of... Um, like anti-Orthodox memoirs coming out uh-huh. and I was like I, I really want people to know that there's another perspective here right. and so that's part of the reason why I called it out of the ortho box is sort of taking Orthodox Judaism out of the box right. and showing people not, not just that I'm more out of the box but sort of um, taking it out of the dark crevices of the internet and bringing it out to people and saying look here this is what I do it's not weird it's not mysterious it's not cryptic or
0: frightening it's just
1: my life and inviting people to be a part of that
0: yeah yeah I try I try to do that with my videos I I, my goal is to tell them you know I find that there's a big trend with these inspirational quotes and these concepts that people are like attaching themselves to become inspired which is amazing don't get me wrong they hear a quote and they're like oh that changed my life and I want to tell the people that's all in the Torah. You just have to know where to find it. Mm. Those concepts, yeah. I, call, I call it, truisms are really tarisms. Yeah, and, that, and that's the whole concept of just drink it in. Like, just listen to the message. It's simplistic, but it's all there. It's just a matter of ha- having, how to find it. And similar to right. what you're saying, you know, you just wanted to present it to them that it's it's there, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. so then, then, you, then we have like Instagram and Facebook. Ha- like, what, what is your platform that you feel the most comfortable with? I would say. Um,
1: lately, my favorite is Instagram stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I sort of actually decided to start my blog after writing on Facebook, like weighing in on some issues. And you know, they they at at one point, I think social media was called microblogging. Because Mm -hmm. it was sort of like these little bursts of blogging. And so like a question would come up, some theological question, and I would weigh in and respond. And after I, you know, hit send on the comment, I would be like, huh, I like the way that came out, you know, and that gave me, and that gave me the idea. Oh, and then I wrote a few articles. I submitted it to a few places. They were rejected. So I said, well, what the heck? Let me start my own blog and (laughs) self-publish me, right? So, so, so that's sort of how it started. So for a while, Facebook was really like my my first love. Um, I mean, there weren't that many, you know, back in the day to choose from. Um, But then Facebook started getting really toxic. And I feel like that, like 11th commandment in my head, do not argue with strangers on the internet was becoming violated (laughs) over and over. So I was like, why am I here? Why Mm -hmm. am I here on Facebook where I am getting stuck into these toxic conversations about issues I don't care that much about with people I don't know?
0: Right, right. What
1: am I doing? And so, when Instagram came around, I actually joined Instagram mostly to connect. Believe it or not, I hope they don't hear this. Mostly to connect with my kids, because um, you know Facebook is for old ladies. Right. So, um, and and honestly, like I like seeing what they post on Instagram, and I like you know interacting with them that way. Um, and so I really like Instagram stories. I do find Instagram to be a prettier, lighter, and sweeter version of Facebook, although I'm sure it has its dark corners as well. Right. I did try to join Twitter twice, and both times I ran away from the bullies. Right. So, <laughs> I'm I am back on Twitter, but I only use it to follow politics. I don't ever tweet anything, and I don't ever retweet anything. I'm I'm mostly there just to read. Okay. Okay. So, um, so those are my those are my social media platforms that I'm involved
0: with. So now, you know, it's funny you said to follow your kids. Guess what? I also started Instagram at first. In reference to my kids, when my kids became teenagers and it was very popular Instagram. And this was a way just for me to have a pulse of what was going on, especially one of my sons. He became so popular on Instagram as a dancer that that became our mode of connection because I was I, growing up, I was the entertainer. I was the dancer. I was always performing. Interesting. Right. And so then he and his the yeshiva, he went to, he went to Waterbury, they promoted and they wanted him to do more and more and more and more. That's of great. Same. And so that's how we connected. Yeah. And uh, he would show me his dance videos. And then, but at that point in time, you could only put a little snippet of a video on Instagram. So we, right, we used to, I'd have to watch these four minute dance videos with him. And he'd say, Ima, which clip is the best out of the whole four minutes that I'm going to post on Instagram, you know, and, and, and that was like, it, it, it was a bonding opportunity. Yes, it was. I it love was. that. Yeah, it was really a great bonding opportunity.
1: For me too, for me too, I felt like it was a bonding opportunity. Some, some of my kids are more talkative than others and, you know, for the ones that aren't that talkative, sometimes I really get a sense of what they're into by looking at their Instagram.
0: Right. Right. hundred percent. You got to, you got to reach the, your children on, on the level that they're, yeah. what they're doing, you know? And he, then it's a, it's an opportunity for me to like and comment and follow the things that are important to them and to show them that what's important to them is important to me. Right. Right now. one of my married daughters, cute now, she also just starts, she does life coaching. She's like, even this was, she was, Ima, I put a story on, go check it out. You know? And I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. Yeah. yeah. It's, it was cute. It was cute. But, it, like, with I've, I've now, like, I wanted to get to the heart of this question that burning question. And I really started this whole podcast to get different views from different people, just because I am quite new on the social media world. And this is really more for myself and let everyone else hear at the same time children and our families. How much do you feel comfortable having your family life? on the social media platform?
1: Yeah, right. well, it's a great question. Um, so like every good question, the answer is, it depends. Right. <laughs> I, I was also teaching um, high schoolers for a while and I told them if I ever ask you a question, what's true this or that, always say, it depends. You'll <laughs> always be right. <laughs> Either both or it depends, right. That, right? Isn't that the Jewish answer to every question? Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: well, no. It's okay, just really so first yeah. of all, if you ask a question to a question, that's the right answer. Oh, doesn't doesn't it depend? <laughs> right well, there you go. <laughs> so, see, I, I did both. Okay.
1: So um, so some of my kids love being on social media. They're like come here, mom, let's take a selfie. Mom, right. could you put that on your Instagram? <laughs> you know um and other of my kids really don't or they really want to make sure they approve the picture before I put it on social media I've had some uncomfortable situations where I've put up a picture and then one of my kids will text me said I can't believe you just put that on Instagram you know and I and I feel horrible um or other family members a lot of my other relatives are not on social media and they don't want to be on social media and they're much private and you know kids uploaded a picture and they'll be horrified you right. know so I think that social media It's too new to really have ground rules about things or for families to have created ground rules for themselves about these things. And sometimes we just learn from our mistakes. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of my own comfort level, I'm a very public person. Like really what you see is what you get i'm totally out there my husband is much more private which is why you're interviewing me right now and not him <laughs> um in fact this one woman who reads my blog she's a woman from california she calls my husband mr Ruchi. she like she doesn't know his name he's, his name is rabbi Ko- he's rabbi koval i'm like the rabbi's wife she's like no Ruchi, and he's mr Ruchi. <laughs> like he doesn't have this you know public persona like i do and that's totally fine with him he prefers it that way so, you know, I'm much more comfortable being out there and having my kids on social media. Now, I ha- it has given me pause for a couple of reasons. First of all, <clears throat> after a certain age, I feel like your kids' um, dignity and privacy belongs to them. If you have a, a baby, you post your baby on social media, fine, whatever. So I wonder what's going to happen when today's kids grow up and realize that they've been, you know, documented on social media in their potty training and in their, you know, running around naked in the bath and... I mean, I wonder, really, what are these, you know, millennial or whatever, generation Z or generation, I don't know if we're going to go back to A, um, are going to have to say to their parents who documented their personal moments without consent or permission. I mean, it's funny when they're two, but it's not funny when they get older. So as my kids have gotten older, I've actually gone back and deleted certain things off my social media, mm. um, and I regretted certain things that I posted for sure. Why? Because it's their story, and it's their dignity, and it's their privacy, and it's not about me. Mm. The other thing that has given me pause is that you know there's a concept in Judaism, ayin hara, right? Like the evil eye, and um, I'm not like a huge ayin hara person. Um, you know, I didn't grow up Sephardi, I didn't grow up Hasidic, I'm not that like intimidated by it. I, I feel like if you, 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 don't try to flaunt your, your goodness and you try to give gratitude to God and you try to use your successes for the good, then God will protect you. But there is like a scared Jewish grandmother somewhere inside of me who's like, <laughs> you know, poo, 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 don't put your kids out there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe people will be jealous or maybe you'll invite the evil eye and over the years I have wondered if maybe that's a problem like sort of flaunting you know I'm a Jewish mother I think my kids are all gorgeous like (laughs) putting (laughs) them out there isn't really such a good idea you know I've sort of landed at um it's normal to do what it's normal to do so how do you define flaunting your blessings right which is what invites the evil eye Right. It's when you are making other people jealous. Now it's normal post-family photos on social media, right? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're above and beyond the normal, like you're constantly boasting about your kids or asking everyone how gorgeous your kids are, that's going above and beyond what's normal. But mm-hmm. I, to me, and others could see it differently, I feel like if you're going with the norm use of social media, right? And, and, and also doing another thing, which I'll tell you about in a second, then it's not like you are being boastful or attracting unwanted jealousy on purpose on social media. And you, you, know, you present your challenges as well as your successes and you try to be real. And then I think in that case, you're not inviting envy because I think you do have to be, I think it's, I think it's both on the poster and on the consumer to work on their envy, right? It's my job not to invite envy. And as the consumer of social media, it's also my job not to indulge in envy. Both right. members carry that responsibility.
0: Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I I, I love everything that you're saying, Ruchi, really, you know, even the fact that just the real, what's the norm, what's not the norm, being mindful of your children's feelings. I think that's crucial. Um, have you ever gotten a comment that you were like, oh no, I can't believe they reacted that way to that post, like, oh no, I feel so bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: I, I think anybody who is engaging in social media on a regular basis is gonna have an experience like that. I mean, have you? Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I sometimes, I, like I was laughing because when you spoke about Facebook, on Facebook, I do get these comments sometimes and I'll be like, huh, I don't know who you are and this is so weird. Like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, right. That, right. maybe touched on some, you know, someone who's not Jewish and some sort of like other religion, I don't know what. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I just write, I'm like, thank you so much for your comment. You know, like, I don't know what to say. I'm not, I'm like lost. But that's, I was, I was laughing when you had mentioned the Facebook thing, because like, okay, no, who, who's commenting, who's not commenting. And sometimes people could go on a rant and you're like, okay, I'm so sorry. so I would love to ask one more question. Uh, one end question. Let's say there was a young girl that you know, we, you meet this young girl and you see that she has an educator part of her, like you had mentioned, or if I see this same girl who's this entertainer, this type of person, what would you be words of advice? Now, a little bit past, we've had some years of wisdom behind us, years of experience. What would be your words of advice to someone just starting out in this field? Okay, so number
1: one is get ready to make mistakes. Okay. So definitely make them and you will hopefully learn from them. But there's going to be some really uh uh-oh moments and some I can't believe I did that moments and some why am I even doing this moments. Just be ready. Okay. Ready for
0: mistakes.
1: Number two, number two, learn from others. Don't try to be them. Ah,
0: beautiful. Uh, (laughs) Beautiful. Be I've
1: had my role models, people that I've watched teach and educate. And, you know, I'll watch your video, Jordana, and ask myself, oh, what could I learn from her? Um, and lots of people that I watch and follow and listen to be like, well, what can I do to improve? But ultimately, I got to be me and I got to do me, right. you know, and you only learn that over time by honing your craft or or you'll try something and then you'll say, eh, I don't really That didn't really feel like me you know and i'm gonna try something different next time so keep keep at it until you find what feels like you never be afraid to try new things but ultimately settle on, on what's you um number three it's so important to have mentorship and to have peop- other people, whether it's peer or uh, somebody who's older and wiser than you, that you bounce stuff off of. If you're if you're asked to do something and you don't feel comfortable with it, you know, bounce it off of somebody else. Or if you feel like you made a huge faux pas, or is it smart to talk about this topic? Or uh, how would you handle this, you know, this community dilemma that I find myself in? Mm-hmm. You got to have mentors, that, you know, that'll keep you grounded. Mm. Um and number four is really just have fun because you know what, when you're having fun and you have joy in the process, you're gonna radiate that fun and that joy to anybody who listens to you. So sometimes people say to me like, oh, what should I teach? You know, you teach muster, should I teach muster? I'm like, listen, I teach muster cause I'm passionate about muster. It makes me super excited. You know, um, an organization just asked me to speak for an online conference. I said, what do you want me to speak about? They're like, speak about whatever you're currently passionate about. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, and we've learned to do that when we bring in speakers as our organization but so I tell people I'm like don't teach what I'm passionate about teach what you're passionate about what makes you happy what makes you smile that joy will radiate out and people won't be able to help themselves you know I remember when I was I took a few public speaking uh courses and one thing the instructor said is like you have to be passionate about what you're saying if you're not passionate about what you're saying why should anybody else be passionate about what you're saying 100% so, You really have to have that excitement and that passion. Um, And finally, like, keep your eyes and ears open for burnout, you know, because it happens. And when that happens, you're going to need to make a change. You're going to need to either recalibrate what you're doing, reformulate what you're doing, rethink what you're doing. Nothing is off the table. Just because you've been doing something doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. Just because you've never done something doesn't mean you can't do it. So you got to keep things fresh and interesting.
0: Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Ruchi, first of all, for sharing your time, your wisdom, your little bit of your life with us, and those five amazing uh, little tips at the end, and your view about sharing our children and our world on social media. I I so greatly appreciate it. Wishing you a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was really fun to
1: talk to you. Oh, thanks, Rachi. Stay warm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Take care. Nice to see you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In, the podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at In underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.